मशीन लगाओ लगा इस साइड से आलू घुसेगा उस साइड से सोना निकलेगा this season so this is this is the first time in 2021 that we'll be having a guest this is somebody who i have wanted to have on my show for some time and i was just waiting for a suitable opportunity and uh, there's no better opportunity than when you have written a book and the author is is out on a virtual book tour given that we are in covid time so everything is virtual so today i present to you rahul roshan of faking news pagal patrakar and now op india who has written a book sanghi who never went to a shakha so i've started reading the book i'm about 23% into the book and i will let of course rahul speak to it because after all it's his baby uh but what i understand and i might be wrong but let's see where it's going is rahul is trying to reclaim the word sanghi uh back because you know on twitter i think one of the easiest ways to stop anybody who's perceived to be right wing is to call him a bhakt or a sanghi so whenever that happens people immediately start defending themselves of course i'm not a bhakt of course not i'm, I'm not a sanghi and i think what rahul is going here is he's trying to kind of reclaim that word that there is that a sanghi doesn't necessarily have to go to a shakha and there is shakha and there's nothing really wrong with that so um i will let rahul speak to it but i think that's where this book is going i might be wrong So Rahul how is my understanding based on 23% of the book First of all uh, thank you Arnab and Vikram uh, for inviting me and uh, it's it's actually you know I I got to learn that I'm the first uh, guest in this season so so thank you very much it feels special uh, and I've been feeling special of late uh, you know when you complete your first book and uh, you get uh, you know some some good feedback uh, some praises and obviously invites to you know like an acclaimed author like you yourself asking me to be the, here so first of all let me be done feeling good <laughs> now coming to the book i think you know the way you have put it uh, is uh, correct it's not I, i would not i would say it's not uh, the only uh, reason or the only motive of writing my book uh, that to reclaim the word sanghi uh, it was more about uh, why i i am not bothered anymore uh when you put labels on me you know uh, whether it's sanghi bhakt obviously sanghi is a placeholder and there are so many labels uh, that are thrown at you if you happen to disagree with uh, a particular point of view and uh, i mean why means words so basically the so called left liberal point of view which uh, which i believe is an oxymoron the uh, the word left liberal itself is a you know one of the most widely used oxymorons in the world uh so so you know whenever you have anything uh to offer which is in uh, conflict or which is in uh, not uh, resonance with their point of view uh rarely uh, they would try to argue back but they would put labels on you uh and uh, sanghi happens to be one of those labels and uh, the book is about you know why 
I'm no more bothered about that label. That even if you put that label, yeah, uh, you can very very well say that I'm trying to reclaim that label. That it was a maligned label. It was a label to uh, signify someone who is uh, obscurantist, who is violent uh, in beliefs as well as perhaps in physical deeds, uh, and someone who is unintellectual, and you know various myriad kinds of uh, uh, you know apparitions that you can think of when you uh, think of the word sanghi. Uh, so in a way, it's uh, it's uh, you are right that I'm trying to reclaim it. However, the book is more about, uh, you know, an ideological journey of uh, an entire generation. And uh, I believe, you know, someone like you also could find a lot of resonance over there. Uh, so I, my story uh, happens to be just uh, a tool to talk about that, uh, you know, change that uh, this generation uh, born and brought up around 80s uh, have gone through and uh, why it took them uh, such a long time, you know, especially for someone like me to be uh, comfortable. I mean, not exactly comfortable, but uh, but to be not bothered about labels like Sangi, uh, as I myself have uh, written in the book, especially in the introduction, uh, that uh, I, I was pretty much offended when I was branded a Sangi uh, sometime around 2012 uh, on Twitter. And I blocked that person. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, from 2012. Now we are like, you know, nine years, even though nine years is a lot of, uh, you know, time in, uh, I mean, in, in, in today's fast paced uh, environment, but still uh, that journey, I mean, and the book is not about just those nine years, but uh, what does it take? I mean, why, why, why did it happen that uh, after thinking that label, thinking that word as a pejorative, as an insult, as a character assassination, actually, that's what I have written, uh, why I have happily adopted it. So so the book uh, is about that. Uh, I think it, it won't be inaccurate at all to say that I'm trying to reclaim the word, but it's not about just that one word. Obviously, it's it's a placeholder. Sangi is a, is, it just happens to be one of those uh, various words and labels uh, that are thrown at you. Absolutely. So again, I've always found this to be intensely amusing that for instance, what's the worst that you can call somebody who's uh, even worse than Sanghi is to call somebody a Nazi, right? Right. Uh, now, consider calling somebody a Nazi. And what is what is the counter label that somebody can apply? It's you're a communist. But there is, given the fact that Nazis and communists, communists have killed about the same number of people, perhaps even more, the communists and the Nazis actually were allied in World War II before the Nazis attacked communism. Why is it that one of them people proudly declare themselves to be communists, but nobody, even the Nazis, don't usually declare themselves as Nazis. So this, given that, that in terms of the violence of their ideologies, both are roughly similar in terms of the impact they've wrought on the world. Why does one get away while the other is still, there are still communist party of India. There's, some, there's a party which proudly carries that that label in its name and nobody finds that to be particularly bothersome at least i do find it bothersome that people associate with with that ideology and that that it's considered to be fine in a way because they basically won the war that's why now coming back to something which you said um you said that there is an association of not being intellectual enough that mm -hmm. that the the pejorative of bhakt or sanghi carries with it the fact that you're stupid, 
Calling somebody a communist, for instance, doesn't necessarily imply that. As a matter of fact, it possibly implies that you're a well-read person who's read Marx or who, who understands the difference between the Marxian view and Trotsky. So it possibly means it's, 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 it's kind of a, you know, at least part of it is good to the person who's being labeled as a communist. But, and I agree with you. Why is it? Why do you think that is the case? Um, uh, you know, I mean, uh, in, in a way you have uh, obviously uh, explained it. Much of it has to be, uh, it has to do with what happened after the World War II. Uh, I mean, the victorious uh, uh, parties uh, or the victorious countries, uh, they had their narrative, uh, uh, you know, uh, something which which became respectable, which uh, whether it's the, uh, you know, the, uh, the West or the USSR at, at that point of time. So communism obviously didn't become a bad word because it was associated with uh, uh, victorious parties. It was associated with someone who could control half of the world. And, and at one point of time, it looked like, you know, they might control the entire world. So, so when you have so much of power, when you have so much of influence, uh, obviously you would control the narrative as well. Uh, and, and you are absolutely right. I mean, this is, this is so, uh, this should be such a common knowledge, but I think it's still beyond, beyond a few circles. It's still not a common knowledge that, uh, uh, say, the Nazis uh, and the communists were allies for a lo- uh, you know for a, for a long period of time in fact nazis uh, in themselves it means it means uh, nationalist uh, socialists right so they were so they were in a way half communist themselves obviously they killed communists but but the the uh, the, uh, the ideology they were inspired from socialism many of uh, uh, the things that they wanted to do uh, you know their control on the uh, big manufacturing and all it, it resembled the uh, the communists and uh, and nazis literally meant uh, nationalist uh, socialist if i'm not wrong so 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 and and and, and these are obvious facts these are in i mean this are these are not even uh, disputed facts and yet uh, you know these these inherent uh, problems this these inherent uh, uh, how to put it dichotomies are not discussed enough that uh, how exactly i mean on on uh, from which point of view do you claim to be highly moral superior uh, so, uh, as a communist uh, vis-a-vis the nazis uh, you, the authoritarian ways are pretty much similar even the economic understanding is very much similar uh, and obviously you were for a lot of uh, uh, time uh, allies with them so so uh, you know i, I, I think uh, the simple answer would be that because they won the war and uh, whoever wins whoever uh, wins battles obviously they control a lot of things including the narrative and uh, that's how uh, despite so much of bloodshed so much of uh, uh, lack of every kind of freedom that you can imagine uh, the word communist continues to have uh, uh, you know a kind of intellectualism uh, attached to it uh, whereas it's in 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 practice uh, it's uh, as bad as uh, you know any authoritarian regime that's and the some... thing isn't the practice right it's right. not just a question of what they say it's the practice right. i mean right. we remember nazism primarily through its concentration camps and True. through genocide and right. ussr did this exact same thing they had concentration camps they called them gulags whether it was in Cambodia, they basically didn't have concentration camps. They just killed people out in the fields. Um, in China, during Cultural Revolution, it's the exact same thing. So wherever communism has ruled, 
And let's just look at North Korea, which is really one gigantic concentration camp. So <laughs> wherever communism has ruled, there, there is concentration camps. Even now sure. today in China, they, hmm. they do have concentration camps for Muslims. So, okay. the, the, so concentration camps are pretty much a part of any, any Marxist regime throughout the world. So sometimes people say, oh, this was a failure of implementation in one place, which happened because the person wasn't particularly a nice person. No, you can see that that's not true. Wherever it is, that happens, irrespective of who's ruling. So that's why I'm always surprised why there's still an Indian Communist Party. Uh, I mean, how can people how can people proudly declare themselves to be communists? How can there be a Communist Party of India? How can people who are otherwise uh, respected in society call themselves communists, given that this is the legacy of communism? Now, I can understand them trying to kind of soft pedal it around and say, no, we're not communists, we're socialists. And I at least get that. At least then there is some shame being associated with the word communist. But for people who appropriate the label communism, I, I, I cannot wrap my, my, my mind around this. But Absolutely. moving on, yeah, go on. Yeah. Sorry, no, no. Uh, I was going to. I was going to. Next question was going to be more about um, your. And I don't know. I don't know how much you want to, you know, spoil the book. Of course, it's not a <laughs> storybook, so it's, yeah. there's nothing. There's no like ending. But right. um, I was. I was particularly intrigued, and I found this very interesting. Well, first thing, um, I don't think in India we have too many of. Are the kind of books that book that Rahul has written, at least not to my knowledge, in the sense mm -hmm. that it's not, uh, it's not any, most of the Indian political books that I've seen are usually uh, first-hand accounts of some election or okay. some kind of event. So it's usually something which Rajdeep Sardesai writes or something which Barkhadat writes, which is which is their fiction as to what happened. <laughs> um, it's kind of pseudo-fiction, but okay, let's let's just say. Then there are some uh, books which are essentially biographies of politicians right and but there's very little of the author in in these books so this is mm -hmm. the first time at least that i have read it's a political mm -hmm. book but mm -hmm. it's also very much about rahul and him growing up in bihar and so much of it is very much anecdotal in person so that i believe is unique it, this this kind of this this kind of political writing exists in the us there are a lot of books like this but I haven't seen this in India so far. So I think this is fairly new and refreshing. So Rahul, was this in something which you in intentionally wanted to do? Have you been thinking of writing this book for a long time? So what's tell me a little bit about the genesis of this book. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is an interesting comment that I, I have heard from you. Uh, because, you know, to be very honest, I'm not a voracious uh, reader. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly a literary guy. Uh, even though now with a book in my name, I can claim to be, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, so, so I would take your comments, uh, you know, on, on, on the face value, because uh, to be honest, I, I, I am not pretty much aware because my uh, canvas of reading is not that wide. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in some way, many people have said that perhaps it helps you that, uh, you know, you, you are not bound by, you know, some preconceived ideas of how a book should be written and, or how the narrative should be. Uh, so, so, so first of all, I'm again, uh, you know, as as I started in the podcast, again, I'm happy <laughs> that to to hear the top, uh, to hear this observation. Uh, now, the genesis of the book uh, uh, clearly was, uh, you know, in 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 the uh, when I'm talking about say 2012 to 2000, uh, uh, say 18, 19 uh, duration, uh, where I I almost take a complete. Uh, 
you know, from I won't really say from one end of ideological spectrum to another, but uh, say from a being a nice, neutral, which I don't believe anymore, uh, you know, kind of a person to being very vocal and partisan in a way. Uh, so, so while this transformation was happening, uh, many people, you know, on in in public as well as in private, would ask me that uh, why is it so? You know, I mean, and, and the and the answers or uh, sorry, uh, the questions would range from uh, you know uh, inquisitive to very insulting also. You know, like Modi se paisa mila kya, BJP de hai kya, se lekar ke, you know, say nice, uh, well-meaning folks. Uh, uh, telling that uh, dude you were you know nice uh, uh, satire writing joke cracking guy why now become something like this where you are always talking about politics 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 so so a lot of these questions uh, you know either i could have uh, uh, i i could have blocked the uh, you know insulting ones in, in, in which uh, i i obviously did or uh, so far as the well meaning folks are concerned I could have, uh, you know, had a nice private conversation with them that, okay, this is what I believe uh, changed me. Uh, but I thought that, well, this is this is not something just about me. You know, there were a lot of people, uh, especially on Twitter. Uh, and I, I think, you know, you were also decently active on Twitter. You can also, I think, very easily put four or five uh, popular handles, you know, very easily. That, who were, you know, like not much too much invested in say BJP or Hindutva ideology, and we were just cracking jokes and all that. But now they have taken that, uh, uh, you know, tone where they are very vocal, very uh, outspoken about uh, the beliefs. Uh, you know, for example, say uh, this guy, cool, funny T-shirt, for example. Uh, you know, and 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 there are many uh, such folks. So so I realized that it's not just about me. Uh, there is a transformation that has happened with many people. Uh, one one of the popular uh, quip to me or rather the tweet to me was by was uh, by Barkadar. Uh, when I said something in response to something she was tweeting, I, I have completely forgotten the context now, what was the original tweet. But she had said something and I poked hole in the argument. And she replied with, uh, uh, you used to be funny. So, so you know, it, it was like uh, you have changed. You, why, uh, why, why this change? I mean, why from a funny man you have become an angry man? So, so this was not just by Barkha. This was something uh, that was, uh, as I told you, uh, in in private as well as in public was uh, was something that was put to me by many. And at, at the same time, I realized that this is not just about me. This, such a transformation I can see in many people. So the genesis was that that I thought uh, that let me document. It. Uh, I, I, I would just be, I would happen to be just a tool uh, of storytelling about this transformation because I could see that there were many like me who didn't care about, uh, say, Hindutva or anything. Uh, we were just happy. I mean, you know, I mean, like, uh, uh, I would not uh, be dishonest and say that we didn't, you know, like me or anyone else didn't support Narendra Modi in 2014. Yes, we did. But we had absolutely no plans of becoming, a, you know, a flag-holding uh, supporter of Narendra Modi or BJP afterward. But things happened and, you know, within almost like two, three uh, years, uh, one became vocal and it was not just about me. So the genesis was that. that so why uh, do you think they became vocal? This is an interesting point. Why do you think that a number of people who, right. were, who might have had their biases 
right. but their biases were not very open maybe either True. they self censored themselves hmm. maybe the right. biases were right. already there but they just hmm. didn't reveal that part of themselves hmm. or hmm. to quote uh, a narrative that is very popular modi came and radicalized them so <laughs> right so right. that's the thing right everything was yeah. perfectly fine and yeah. then suddenly modi got elected and <laughs> suddenly inside everybody like the the the, the smigol the other guy came out Yeah. and they were perfectly fine before that so which one right. do you think no there 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 are many categories of people you know one one the way one you have put that uh, the biases or whatever you call that rather every bias at 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 the core of it is an ideological belief in some sense uh, so so either those beliefs already existed and uh, due to modi coming to power and uh, due to him in a way you know to use the liberal word creating a safe space people started speaking uh, those things one is that category uh, however in my uh, case uh, and in many cases i would believe uh, uh, i don't fall in that category uh, and and this is where i you know because you have uh, read only the uh, first 23% uh, as you have put it's the almost the you know last 23 or the last uh, 30% of the book that explores Uh, this transformation this uh, you know kind of uh, uh, not exactly sudden but uh, you know from from being a neutral observant kind of a person to a very vocal and partisan uh, person uh, so so that's kind of covered in the last bit of the book uh, so that's explained however uh, coming back to where you put it uh, I, i i would i would say that you know people among people who became vocal Uh, they were uh, broadly two or three categories one as you were putting that they always had those beliefs but for some reasons out of fear out of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, i i mean uh, how to put it uh, because they couldn't get a platform or something they couldn't speak or uh, there, there would there would be a different category for people like me and many people uh, about whom i was talking is that we were not even you know we didn't exactly subscribe to those biases as you are putting or those ideological beliefs at such we started seeing merits slowly you know and uh, uh, actually not so slowly obviously because uh, once uh, modi was in power and uh, a few months uh, uh, you know down the line the other side started behaving uh, as if the sky has fallen uh, you know and and that uh, in the in, in that sense uh i don't know whether uh, you know uh, it, it was uh, something that that caused a change in everyone but i think in in lot of people especially a person like me and uh, uh you know those lot uh, whom i believe would find resonance with my story we uh, that that thing had got a lot to do uh why we became vocal because we could sense that something is not wrong you know that that this whole idea of uh, sky being fallen this uh, whole idea of uh, india not being uh, the great con- con- country that it was anymore that was not uh, going to stick with us uh, so in a way we started uh, going to the other side in reaction to this whole polemics to this whole extreme rhetoric uh, where these guys started painting everything as evil and in the process we started warming up to the say you know as you put it biases or i would say to the you know a set of framework of beliefs 
uh, and we started seeing some merits in that. So, so uh, say around 2012 or 13, I didn't have much idea. I mean, say uh, Sita Ram Goel is an author about whom I have written in the book, and I have mm-hmm. written that I would suggest I, I would suggest every uh, you know book by him to be read by people, and I had not read a single book by him uh, by then. Uh, so, so, so the entire credit goes to the people who started behaving in a way that now they must save India from this evil person called Modi. So, so it it was more about that. You, those those beliefs and biases in in my case and in people uh, like uh, me, and I believe they they are substantial. Uh, that didn't exist. So, so these guys helped us, uh, you know, discover those. These guys helped us read things actually. Okay, so tell me something, and uh, you use the word Hindutva somewhere. What's right. your definition of what's mm. your definition? I'm not asking for what, what. How would you define Hindutva? And do you do you think that you are do you are you proud that you are? First of all, what mm. is Hindutva? Secondly, is mm. do you believe in it? And thirdly, is and the answers mm. could be the same. And thirdly, is this something which you are proud of? Right. Uh, first of all, Hindutva, obviously, it's again a very uh, misunderstood uh, term or rather, let us put it this way that for many people, it means very different, you know, uh, either either genuinely or on purpose, people uh, either make it sound like, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 in a way they want it to, uh, you know, be, uh, they want the meaning to be conveyed. But so far as uh, uh, I am concerned, for me, Hindutva is uh, the essence. I mean, uh, the literal meaning that the essence of being Hindu. So Hinduism fundamentally, it's a religion, obviously, which is very, very different uh, from the Abrahamic religion. I mean, in that sense, perhaps the word religion itself doesn't do justice to the entire concept of Hinduism, and that's where many people insist that we should use the word dharma, uh, dharma or dharmic. Uh, for for uh, Hindus. Now, Hindutva, in popular parlance, obviously, it's supposed to be the political arm of uh, Hinduism or the political thoughts of Hinduism. Uh, I would say, surely, there could be something called political Hindutva as well. But when I say Hindutva, I I primarily mean it as a common denominator, as, as, a, as, a, as a commonality between every group that can call itself Hindu or Dharmic. Uh, so, so whatever is the common binding among uh, you know all these groups, uh, uh, that is something I would call Hindutva, and 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 uh, that's the literal meaning of the word Hindutva as well. That it's the Hinduness, the the essence of being Hindu, uh, and and that's that's how I I would define it, and I'm proud of it because I I you know as I said uh, that over years I started getting this uh, feeling, this impression that we will have to wear this identity on sleeves uh, because uh, i mean look at uh, and again i would be very honest that this is mostly in reaction because uh, now entire liberal politics or entire especially the woke politics it's all about identity you know i mean you you are nothing beyond your identity then why should i live in a make believe world you know why should i uh, kind of uh, think that my identity doesn't matter in, 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 and then it comes, uh, I mean, after that comes the question, then what is my identity? Uh, should I consider myself as a Bihari, as, as, a, as some caste or what? So, so I would choose the identity as Hindu. 
and and the consciousness of that identity that what makes me hindu uh, the the contours of that identity that is something i would say that is hindutva uh, obviously uh, politics uh, could be part of it but it's not codified unlike say uh, uh, an islamist uh, or islamism that you can put in where where it's very evident that uh, what is political islam you know so 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 it it takes inspirations from these particular verses of quran so you are very much clear what is political islam but what is political hinduism you cannot say you know whether does, does it seek inspiration from some verses of gita or some verses of manusmriti or what i mean this is this is Uh, you know so so we are again getting into a into a territory which is not well defined and people can claim anything misrepresent anything so so when i say hindutva it's not about political uh, aspect of it which is well defined but obviously it's it's very political and that and and the political part of it is that you are aware of the identity and you are not only aware you are aware of why this identity is important and why it's relevant in current times so that's broadly how i i would define it i i i hope it uh, it's a little clear otherwise obviously you can ask me uh, the counter questions or you know the follow up oh, now that's i i i agree to you with you to a certain extent mm-hmm. so me and again i i don't want to expand on this too much because then there mm-hmm. goes the material for my book but uh, <laughs> but but, yeah. but for me the, the the hinduism is at least to me is not a religion now mm-hmm. this 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 is a very controversial statement because right. there is like the moment you say it it presumes that you're saying that hinduism is somewhat lesser than right. everybody else mm-hmm. that it's like saying that uh, kolkata night riders is not really an ipl franchise <laughs> just because they, just because they suck so so this is this is not that so uh, mm-hmm. to understand this the the, the abrahamic religions Mm. um they work they have a very common framework all of them work sure. of a very common framework and mm. that common framework is um the religion is transmitted by two ways one it is transmitted through traditions mm-hmm. but traditions are a minor part of mm. of these religions the major mm. part is a book which has certain right right mm. which has certain these are the right things and these are the wrong things sure. it also identifies a group of people who believe in it and who don't believe in it so all of mm. it basically has with it with within it the mm. elements to form a group so mm-hmm. there is a notion of group membership and there is a notion of group exclusion that's why mm. blasphemy um, is such a big deal true um, true and it doesn't exist in hinduism mm. because the difference between the quote unquote religion in hinduism is hinduism is purely based on tradition so for mm-hmm. me my exposure to hinduism is through the traditions that i saw growing up mm-hmm. um so uh, for and this is something which you cover in your book you said that there were a lot of people in your in growing up that you saw who were casteist right. but they weren't like they weren't casteist because they read it somewhere True. or they were very religious they were mm. casteist because they were assholes that's the reason Besides, why yeah so mm. so for <laughs> me the, so for me even if you look at the caste if you look at the most casteist areas of india where where casteism is still entrenched it's not mm. the people have read manusmriti this is exactly. this is where mm. scholarship goes as you know, this is where scholarship on india is absolutely bs because people <laughs> like to say you know because they read manusmriti ergo mm. they are casteist most of the casteists don't even know what manusmriti is Precisely. so 
So they think so because this is the way other religions work. Because in other religions there is a canon that everybody reads. If you are an ISIS guy, you've definitely read it. You've definitely you very well know the religion. In India, the 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 craziest communal people haven't read the Gita. They wouldn't they wouldn't know a thing about it. Absolutely. So so the reason why they're violent is usually because they saw other people who are violent. So mm-hmm. violence to them is bequeathed by their tradition. So sure. Hinduism, so and that comes from the very nature of Gita, which says that what is right and what is wrong is a function of your context. Mm-hmm. There is you can kill uh, Duryodhan. It's not that killing somebody is bad. In Abrahamic religions, killing somebody is bad. Committing adultery is bad. Okay, so that, that's what the Ten Commandments are. You know, of course, mm-hmm. we know that both of them are not perhaps. Uh, you know, you know, they are not the same. in terms mm. of and that's why jack the ripper and imran hashmi not the same so <laughs> but but and then of course law which is christian law islamic law basically grew grew as a response to that to create exceptions okay, okay right. for this you can kill for this you can commit adultery for this so it basically became you know finding exceptions so mm. then they started putting these conditions and everything whenever we talk and unfortunately this has become that we've our not just our generation many generations before that we have grown up on british education is that when right. we talk about concepts our concepts are fundamentally abrahamic when we mm. think of things we Absolutely. have a condition mm. to think on those lines so mm. when we think of so hindutva so coming back to the question hindutva mm. for me is a, a, not just this generations but the last few generations attempt to kind of retrofit the mm-hmm. other aspects of abrahamism onto mm-hmm. this tradition it's to lock a system of you know let's say cow worship you know mm-hmm. that's also not particularly common like for instance mm-hmm. in bengal nobody really worship mm-hmm. uh, you know you tell a bengali he's not a hindu you'd get pissed so right. um, mm-hmm. it's not that hind that bengalis are not hindus that's why this is something mm-hmm. which again when bjp tries to make its foray into mm-hmm. bengal they come mm-hmm. into conflict that hindutva the way mm-hmm. it's defined is mm-hmm. foreign to bengal and that's why you'll see mamata banerjee saying i'm a brahmin right. how dare they accuse me of being anti hindu right. because right. for her you know whenever she sees a, a, a monkey she stops her speech there's a there's a video where there's a monkey she stops her speech and starts doing pranam to the monkey mm-hmm. so this again comes inherently from her so she's genuinely shocked that somebody mm-hmm. could think that she's anti hindu because for <laughs> her that comes from her traditional upbringing as a banerjee mm. and as a brahmin that's mm. how she's been brought up so but the political fact that the fact mm. that that is in and there's out that mm. part isn't uh you know what drives congress all keep to the side because as you rightfully said congress mm. will do whatever it needs to do in order to stay in power so this right. is one party which has basically done everything true, and like true. it's done everything so yeah so i'm not even going to talk about congressism but yeah. coming to hindutva hindutva is this political identity now many no i uh, i mean that sorry it's a wrong thing yeah yeah, yeah yeah so so you know the way you have obviously defined hindutva is the the political aspect of it which again you know i mean uh, and which is where i believe it's little it gets a little uh, messed up uh, because that part is confused as something which hindutva is trying to bring it into the Uh, religion quote unquote uh, so so while i completely agree that it might look like uh, 
cow worship or opposition to beef these things are like very much abrahamic in nature where you are trying to fit a uh, say a broadly north indian point of view onto the others especially hindi speaking point of view onto others normative might... things normative Sorry? things like for me it's yeah. like it's it's not important as to whether it's a cow or whether it's something else hmm. it's hmm. certain norms on hmm. the lines of simple rules if you hmm. if you eat a cow you're hmm. you're not a hindu so no, these no. things yeah. are never there right so that's 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 where i was trying to somewhat you know kind of disagree or or uh, throw the uh, another perspective that uh, i completely understand from where this criticism comes from even from someone like you who obviously is not uh, you know uh, a leftist or a communist i mean you were you were you are the earliest guy who registered this label something i have put in my book also so to accuse you of being a, a communist or in 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 modern terms libtard is obviously it's it's ridiculous so 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 but i can but i can completely appreciate where that criticism comes from my submission would be that perhaps uh, there is a confusion that uh, what hindutva is trying to do politically is being confused with what it perhaps is not at all trying to do in terms of religion so when when we say that no beef eating has to be a non negotiable you know when i say we obviously i mean the so called hindutvavadis it's it's completely political it's not because we are saying that it it has to be part of a Uh, part of the religion i i do understand that there could be many people who who make it about like that you know that it it, it it's now a blasphemy uh, if you do it uh, but in my sense i mean uh, the way i see it is that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what what are the theological or spiritual uh, justification of, of befitting or against befitting but in the current times and in uh, you know in 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 the Uh, context of medieval times also beef and cow uh, slaughter is something that has been a common theme uh, uh, of subjugation of hindus by the uh, by the invaders uh, you know whether it's it's uh, it, and it has happened in every part uh, i'm sure perhaps even in bengal it 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 would have been there that cow slaughter would have been done in public uh you know by some invaders to to instill some kind of fear or some instill some kind of uh, you know uh, superiority uh, or or a signal of now we are your rulers kind of thing so so i see the hindutva camp coming from that point of view that it's it's why the reason why we should reclaim this the reason why we should make it non negotiable has a historical context Uh, has a political context rather than rather than theological or spiritual context uh, so this is where i would try to justify and at at the same time i would try to uh, you know give a clean sheet also that they are not making it abrahamic but this is about simply about politics you know and 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 this politics is 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 divorced is is disjoint from uh, you know uh, from from the spiritual or theological aspect because you know very few people when you start digging deep very few of the hindutva proponents would tell you that this needs to be done because uh, so and so versus say somewhere so this is where you know uh, i i would try to put that in context that while i appreciate that it looks like um, making hinduism or retrofitting as you were saying in the abrahamic framework perhaps it's the opposite in 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 political terms surely definitely it 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 is 
like uh, uh, you know uh, uh, rivaling them and in that sense obviously when you try to rival them you you try to match their ways as well so it could look like uh, uh, trying to become like abrahamic but it's only in the political term not really in the theological term that's how i would uh, put it sure so again for me what i was trying to say is that in Hin- mm. in hinduism there is no such theological mm. apparatus because we don't have you know for instance how do we experience religion when mm. we go to temples it's not that the priest gives us a political lecture it mm. doesn't either the priest does not lecture us on our personal life it doesn't lecture us on politics but that's not mm. the way an imam interacts mm. with the, his flock or mm. a, or or a christian priest interacts it is very political it is Absolutely. very very personal it is mm. they talk about you know being a good person they 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 essentially enforce the edicts of the mm. holy books and distill it down to what it means for you to live your daily life in our, in, our, in even if you look at priests at least grow, my own experience of growing up is the only time we interacted with priests was when we needed to do like saraswati puja or durga puja some kind of tradition so they right. were the keepers of tradition nobody listened mm. to them as a matter of fact people were very disrespectful of priests they were like oh mm. the priest will come in and then he will ask for this you last for that the priest was treated as no different from you know any kind of service provider there was no so again when i read these so called books about hinduism which kind of simplify mm. based mm. on this abrahamic lens that okay brahmins are always like venerated and they're this super <laughs> exclusive that's not true in practice mm. like there was nobody who respected quote unquote the brahmins because they were seen as just another service provider the mm. only thing was that they provided service in terms of rituals now mm. now here's where i and i think a lot of left liberals will also agree with this now where mm-hmm. i have issue with left liberals is that left liberals say that hinduism should stay this way mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. is inherently immoral of mm-hmm. hindus at large to want mm-hmm. to adopt the abrahamic mm-hmm. model they say you know on one hand you're talking about uh, decolonization and on the mm-hmm. other hand you basically want to adopt the structure of the colonizers to that right. my mm-hmm. my answer to that is honestly i wouldn't personally but i can understand why others would because right, if right. everybody else is a team then hey mm-hmm. we got to be a team too there's there's no other way so again mm-hmm. i and and there again i kind of run into dispute with for instance the you know shashi tharoor's analysis of hinduism that we are inherently mm-hmm. tolerant no when he's mm-hmm. saying we're inherently tolerant he's conflating the abrahamic religion definition of and putting it on hinduism and saying it's tolerant No, right a, a religion in the abrahamic sense can never quote unquote be quote unquote tolerant it Absolutely. it's only civic tolerance mm. you know that's that's what you know secularism is even the word secular is a construct which came from the catholic church we can talk about mm. that some other day but mm-hmm. um even the word secularism which people don't wouldn't be shocked is mm. is came from the protestant the reformation movement that's really right. where it, the word comes from so mm-hmm. it's a very religious word um mm. so Yeah, so the people will be shocked to know that so right. the, the the point again is that for me at least the hindutva I, i wouldn't characterize myself this is my own personal thing right right that i wouldn't characterize myself being the person i am as somebody who's inherently want to be associated with politics in mm. terms of a religion but right. i also mm. understand that the way i want to live my life the world doesn't work like that the world mm. works like mm. how other people perceive me Also, 
So it's not an individual decision as to how this world will pan out. So I can totally understand people who want to, uh, and that's perhaps why I get tagged as a right-wing sanghi also. Because what I am trying to say is that while I don't agree with many of the things that are fundamental to, let's say, the BJP project, I don't think that I I won't judge somebody for doing or thinking on those lines because I think that's as valid a way of thinking as anything else. Exactly, you know, this is this is somewhere I would put myself in, you know, those those uh, times in 2012-13. Somehow, obviously, you have insulated yourself uh, from you know being impacted by the much craziness that followed and i couldn't you know and and that's 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 the book uh, that's all about so so this is exactly how i was uh, you know uh, in, at, at that point of time that i might not agree with uh, everything what uh, the hindutva vadis you know in 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 those days the way i perceived them uh, say or believe but they have a point and they they have a right to say that they have a right to express that they have a right to uh, you, you know ask for a space where their grievances are also heard and debated uh, this is this is what my position was uh, as well uh, so so right so uh, you could insulate yourself i couldn't so you know right. And, right. exactly and one of the things that i usually and this is definitely how i'll start my book off is uh, that um see when i grew up i never liked saurav ganguly i i mean he was not my favorite cricketer by far while growing up i much liked azuruddin i much liked uh, sachin tendulkar ganguly was boring i mean for me he was no different in terms than 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 dravid i had no emotional connect to him mm. till i went to the us and this was mm. the first time when i was in a in before that i had only interacted with bengalis in bengal <laughs> now once i left once i left that cocoon and went to the us where graduate school was you know multicultural where culture differs to every indian culture um, mm-hmm. i found that you know criticizing ganguly was basically a is basically mm-hmm. anti bengalism dressed you know in disguise i mean there was definite parochialism in the way that yeah. ganguly was being talked about and the fact that people would come to me and said dada ne kya kiya or dada so uh-huh. i kind of wondered what the fuck man yeah. i mean what, what do i have to do with ganguly except the fact that i am bengali <laughs> and so this was not just one isolated exa- but i right. realized that no matter what i thought of my identity that i mm. i wasn't close to it other mm-hmm. people don't see me like that Precisely. so at that yeah. point of time i started defending ganguly and that's mm-hmm. when i became his fan because i kind of was forced to become it i really didn't want to <laughs> so replace ganguly with hindutva and you have me <laughs> yes exactly so exactly so it again is 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 how the world reacts to us and i have right. never for instance been singled out because of my traditions never mm-hmm. Hmm. so perhaps that's why this kind of feeling never happened to me so that's why i'm I, but again as i i can fully understand why others would hmm. feel so that i am not going to judge them for that and True. for me that is liberalism liberalism exactly. is exactly. is hmm. is understanding that look everybody does not have your con- you know they talk about privilege they love to throw hmm. the word privilege around right hmm. but then they, they, then they totally don't they don't consider this concept universally so mm-hmm. i have certain privileged upbringing good mm-hmm. bad but there are certain things that i have never encountered i mm-hmm. wouldn't choose i wouldn't even want to judge anybody else given mm-hmm. what they have encountered as long as as i like to say as long as it's a 
consistent theory that you believe in i mean when i uh, when i have been blocked by rajdeep sardesai and or you know sagarika ghosh and the many people who have been blocked me so you can say well why do you bother with them i say mm-hmm. i don't bother with them because of what they believe in if they believe that rahul gandhi is a chosen savior then i'm perfectly fine with that belief all mm. the time trying to show is that they're inconsistent in their beliefs mm. that they have mm. a set of principles which they change based mm. on the person who is doing it that to exactly. me is hypocrisy and exactly. that is what i'm trying to call out i have right. no right. beef with mm. anybody who holds true with the consistent set of principles mm-hmm. I, i had a question for rahul though so uh, sure. rahul you use a lot of labels right in the book i mean right from the title itself mm-hmm. uh, so and in the first chapter if i remember you said that uh, you don't mean these labels in the dictionary definition but rather True. the way it is used in everyday life precisely yeah so uh, and in in the west i mean uh, in the west or us they have some standard uh, it, issues to gauge whether you are a liberal or conservative whether you are right or left for example right. ab- abortion teaching evolution mm-hmm. gay marriage mm-hmm. marijuana etc Right. So, in the Indian context, what is the litmus test for finding out if you are right leaning or left leaning, liberal, conservative? Like uh, <laughs> Arnab said, probably being blocked by Rajdeep or Sagarika <laughs> is one test for sure. But uh, anything else that you can think of? No, no. I mean, uh, uh, that's where I, I have put in the disclaimer also that uh, in India, most of these labels have become meaningless. You know, I mean, like. Uh, at at current as exactly. we talk currently it's all about modi in a way you know if you are if you are pro modi you are uh, right wing you if you are anti modi you are left wing doesn't doesn't uh, matter what else what else principles you Absolutely. have or whether you don't have any principles at all as arnab said and something which i have put in my book also that how 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 they uh, appeared when i say they the liberals within courts uh, they, they kept on changing their principles they kept on shifting the goal posts so 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 in in so far as those labels or those frameworks are concerned uh, they are they have been rendered meaningless in in, in india by uh, the political narrative but more than that i think uh, you know slowly i am also realizing and uh, and uh, uh, you know as, as my entire uh, uh, life is uh, and everyone's life should be like that only that you you start learning new things again and again uh, perhaps they never fit uh, fitted into the indian uh, you know uh, society anyway uh, the the conservative or the uh, liberal labels that, right. that that that's in the west Uh, so so we need actually our own uh, kind of labels uh, many people have said that you know it should be perhaps dharmic plus, uh, versus either abrahamic or something else because uh, it it's so much complex in india you know like rss if you see it it's a social uh, sorry it's it's economic beliefs it's as left as it can be you know obviously of left uh, sorry of late it has changed many of its uh, views but traditionally they their economic uh, thinking matches with uh, uh, you know i mean uh, socialists uh, absolutely swadeshi yeah. swadeshi is very much protectionism right so right we we have they've never really had a strong economic right i mean true so 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 in in that sense for long these levels didn't mean anything in india uh, but even the assumed belief Uh, the assume assumptions that by conservative in indian uh, uh, scenario or, or in indian context when you put somebody in the conservative camp this is what they could believe believe in is also something very complex to define so so in that sense we need our own levels perhaps 
but yeah in in the book obviously i have put in the way normally it will it will be uh, you know used in the parlance that you know when when you say liberal obviously you in essence in practice you are dealing with one of the most illiberal set but fine right. i i have been i i have addressed them as liberals because as i put in the uh, in the introduction of the book that i cannot be putting a disclaimer or a double quote every time it, it then the typography becomes very ugly so <laughs> yes absolutely. i mean yeah. i mean just think of the word conservative and liberal like who hmm. would want to be a conservative i mean the, the word conservative automatically brings up this stiff necked uncle sitting on the bench and you know with uh, you know coughing all the time and mm. pissed off at the world who who considers <laughs> choli ke piche kya hai to be bad culture that's conservative right but and a liberal is a fun loving progressive right? liberal i mean who wouldn't want to be a progressive who wouldn't want the world to progress and <laughs> the opposite of a progressive is a regressive person so <laughs> as i had written once at swaraj this is the greatest semantic heist ever pulled so if you can <laughs> take these words for yourself Hmm. anybody who disagrees with you is automatically you know hmm. he's that person is automatically damned with the hmm. not of those labels and they're terrible hmm. <laughs> like so calling there, yourself antifa no you can't be anti antifa exactly you can't be anti antifa so you're a fascist then right if you're an anti antifa so um so so th- that's that's the way that's the way you um you know that's the way the labeling works and i think that over the years they have been pretty good with respect to the labeling i think one yeah. of the things is it was like domain name squatting right there was nobody else who was actually <laughs> even trying to apply for the domain name. So they bought all the good domain names and left the shitty ones for everybody else so it kind of makes sense but to talk me about this whole hindutva thing i mean now you have even i've been reading that even aam aadmi party is now being accused of being soft hindutva now before that it was bjp was soft hindutva now right. under yogi it's hard hindutva Yeah. and aam aadmi party is soft hindutva so you know even in terms of who the enemy is it keeps on changing at at, right. at all points of time <laughs> yeah but in a way they have kind of made it clear yeah. and and the not, i i won't say extremes amongst them but rather the honest guys amongst them they make it very clear that when that they don't see any distinction between hinduism and hindutva you know the the periorites or the the new woke guys in the west who who would cancel uh, rashmi uh, i hope i got the name right rashmi samant right uh, she she was forced to resign from the oxford uh, thing just because jay shriram was put as a uh, dp by uh, her parents i believe not even by by her so 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 they are very much clear that there is no no difference between hinduism and hindutva hinduism by uh, by default is an oppressive religion it's uh, hinduism is nothing but caste oppression hinduism is nothing but injustice so 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 the uh, you know they are very honest and clear about that and uh, it's good that uh, you know when when kejriwal says something uh, anything remotely positive uh, or rather symbolic about hindutva uh, sorry hinduism they all like, start jumping on him and calling him a sanghi and hindutva guy so in a way they are and doing their own propaganda where they they try to fool a lot of people by making a false dis- distinction between hindutva and hinduism their target always have been hinduism and they have been using hindutva as a smoke screen but good uh, good for good uh, i mean aam aadmi party and kejriwal should do more of those things so that it becomes very apparent that in 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 their uh, framework 
there is absolutely no difference between hinduism and hindutva even a lighting of a diya at an event is a hindutva for them so so good if uh, you know i mean i'm happy that uh, kejriwal is doing that so and you know some of this comes from i believe uh, again the the lens through which mm-hmm. originally in the indian native traditions the dharmic traditions if you don't want to use the word hinduism was mm-hmm. looked at by mm-hmm. british scholars Precisely. so the british mm-hmm. scholars who came there were there were there were two parts of it one was there was an inherent sense of superiority and this is mm-hmm. not just for uh, indian traditions this is the, exactly mm-hmm. the way they have looked at native indian traditions they have looked at african traditions True. anything that did mm-hmm. not fit so it's not just you know of all the things these guys only crave no this mm-hmm. if you look at scholarly work which is being done by people all over the world in terms mm-hmm. of people who did not belong to these abrahamic mm-hmm. religions all mm-hmm. of them were tarnished with exactly exactly the same kind of these people are they have primitive traditions right. um you would find mm-hmm. for instance at least when i was growing up mm-hmm. that most history books of course Bengal mm. 1980s of course they were all written by communists there mm. was this underlying thing that hinduism became um obsessed with ritual and mm. with worshiping multiple gods mm. and came this reformation of people saying let's go back to its simplicity let's go back to one god now anybody with half a brain would realize what's going on here yeah, true 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 what they what they're trying mm. to say and honestly the guys who are saying it i don't think they even know what they are saying because <laughs> their mind they've grown up so used to this christian mm. world view that they're basically saying exactly what a person from the church would say right, they don't think right. it they, they think they're being secular actually that's that's the mm. tragedy of it all if you go true, and point true. it out to them that mm. that this is really where this rhetoric is coming from you see mm. another thing is and you I, at least i find this in lot of this scholarly work that's quote unquote done on you know our traditions is that there mm. is an attempt to provide meaning to our traditions by the way this mm. is not mm. just something which they have done to us this is something which they do to african traditions mm. and they mm. do to mm. native so they take traditions they take these kind of um pagan uh, let's call them pagan religions in which mm. which are tradition based mm. and then they try to provide some kind of meaning to them for instance mm. look at these guys dancing in a rain dance they actually believe that the rains will fall that's mm, not mm. why you have a rain dance the mm. rain dance is just a way for the community to get together at a time of stress so there is no inherent but what where does this come from this comes from the fact that in christianity every tradition that they have is linked to the book so for instance you know their their baptism everything everything has a justification in their book so they for them any tradition has to have some kind of meaning and hmm. that meaning comes from the word of god that is why right. you will find that for christians there is this whole thing that what is the meaning of my life see right. hindus never had this question this this mm-hmm. notion of the meaning of life itself to somebody of dharmic tradition is meaningless because mm-hmm. they just didn't think of it in those terms now this is these are good interesting discussions but right. the point is, is that i mean this is where i would 
pimp my book as well <laughs> that <laughs> I, i have put in you know uh, similar thoughts in the book and and you know i mean because there there are so many things to be written and discussed about that uh, uh, all of these actually deserve a book in themselves you know so so uh, i uh, but but in 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 short in whatever uh, way i could do uh you know i i have put in that uh, this this entire thing about how uh, the british came and how they looked upon uh you know our culture and and that's where this whole so called ecosystem and their belief uh, generates uh, and and, and uh, there, there is that's the genesis from where this uh, uh, no distinction between hinduism and hindutva and hinduism being uh, naturally unjust or oppressive religion those things comes from there and you know what what you pointed out uh, uh, you know like this this whole thing about too many gods and uh, uh, putting those things as reforms within courts is is a very christian belief obviously i haven't exactly. put, yeah the christian as such in the book i am already so such a bigot and a bhakt so i didn't i didn't bring christianity over there but i have i have put in uh, you know the, so 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 these are very valid observations and, and this uh, comes from imperialism these guys right, they, right. They, they, they they're here they're not just here to hmm. take our land and take our money they know they hmm. are here to colonize our minds Precisely. they actually Precisely. believe that they are the whole hmm. notion of a white man's burden that hmm. they sincerely believe that this is a sh- this is a show of how good we are that yeah. we are actually protecting or hmm. we are showing them uh, hmm. these misguided people hmm. the the true path so it's not right. just that they're here to just rob you right. they're here to change you and and so, you know, and they 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 are so much ahead in the you know planning the narrative that now that you know i mean not not now i'm i'm sure many people before us also have observed and uh, discussed these things that how say the pagan thing you know how how they also try to uh, show down uh, or uh, you know kind of uh, do with the african culture uh, and and the Afri- african traditions or the native religion of africa and how say hindus can see a parallel over there but to deny that parallel now they are investing into afro dalit and you know such kind of narratives so 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 you you even deny the agency to hindus to say that okay look what happened in africa is also what what we are saying that happened to us so so they would say no i mean it's it's afro dalit what what happened in africa would uh, then the white people actually become the brahmins over here and and the natives become the dalit so they 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 are already so much ahead in denying you the agency uh, i mean long back i had read this uh, book uh, things fall apart by chinua achibi and uh, this uh, the things written over there they, they would match whatever happened with hindus when the british uh, came and how how uh, you know the uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, not exactly hatred but uh, disrespect for your own ways uh, <clears throat> a disbelief in your native religion how those are seeded uh, and how those uh, those things get seeded very automatically in a very practical way uh, uh, you know we hindus can very much easily relate to that but to deny that agency you already have afro dalit and such kind of things so it's a very complex uh, narrative you know, war going on uh, let's see where where i mean uh, this is where obviously whatever little we can do uh, we are trying so what next so is this your is is there, is there going to be another book or is this the end i mean what what are your plans right now i mean this this is something uh, i i i 
I actually don't plan too much uh, in uh, advance. But, uh, writing a book obviously was uh, something that I wanted to do, uh, and uh, some good. How long did it take you to write this? Let's look at the, some of the exactly mechanical that, parts of it. I mean, you would be better a, a place to answer these things, and you you have gone through <laughs> you know the whole process. But uh, I don't know. I mean, perhaps you would agree that the writing in itself doesn't take that much time. but getting that discipline getting uh, you know that uh, that flow uh, those things take time you know i mean like i, I wasted almost two or three months trying to figure out which uh, which time suits me more to write you know because i couldn't have written during the day time you know you are always uh, getting distracted or i have a business to run also rather a website to run so if somebody from op india is asking okay uh, should this be done or not i have to be there to respond and all that Uh, so i couldn't have uh, written during the day time so should i write in the late night should i wake up in the early and start writing so so you know almost 2 3 months uh, uh, went into you know i could hardly write 5000 words uh, and i kept on trying that okay let me try this time let me try that time uh, but yeah once that discipline once that discovery was uh, was there that this is the time this is the uh, routine that suits me uh it i think uh, exact writing took me maybe around 4 5 months not more than that yeah but uh, but the uh, but it, the entire process took more than a year actually uh, maybe almost 2 years i would say not 2 years uh, one and a half years maybe yeah okay so i don't um, know if it matches your uh, Uh, especially your you know uh, experience with your first book or maybe you you were always disciplined but getting that discipline and flow was biggest challenge for me so for me it takes much more it takes much longer to write a book uh, to be honest uh-huh. i would never be able to finish a book within 4 to 5 months like okay uh-huh. i mean the current book that i'm working on which is you know mm. fic- non fiction cyber security it's been taking me more than 3 and a half years now oh, to okay. to finish this book so uh-huh. i mean that's an exception Um, I mean, there is a certain. There must be many to things to be researched. I believe. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of things to be researched. Things change yeah. while I'm writing it, right. and the amount of uh, the mm. amount of scrutiny that I have subjected to right. just right. means that you know there's just a mm. gazillion number of things to fix. And it's not like you're writing mm. about like, for instance, mm. it's not just a question of line edits. But that's like mm. that's that's mm. that's an outlier. I would say mm. it takes me about a year or two years to write a book mm. like a Sultan mm. of Delhi. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I I also have a day job, so of course. Um, mm-hmm. But but you talked about Op India, and I wanted to talk yeah. to you about Op India since mm-hmm. I'm always, um, you know, Op India is how should I put it? Can we yeah. agree that it's a controversial website? Um, in I, I, yeah. in terms of in terms of like as 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 a neutral observer, of course, um, mm-hmm. it 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 is definitely. It, it definitely is, is is not neutral, and I think you would be the first yeah, person who, yeah. who will who will agree with me. So mm. tell me a little bit about Op India, how it started, and I think the question that everybody wants to know, you know, mm-hmm. wh- which which evil capitalist is funding you? And <laughs> then <laughs> no, no, see, it started. Uh, it it uh, it didn't start with a. Uh, Uh, with the aim of becoming so called controversial obviously i won't say it's controversial but we are we are in a in a zone where you can either love us or hate us 
so so yeah so perhaps that's how controversial people are also that you know either you are uh, either you would love them or hate them you just can't ignore them so so that's where it is currently but uh, you, you talk about the genesis it didn't start with uh, that kind of uh, you know uh, uh, an image that this is where we want to be uh it, you know it, it uh, although i haven't dwelled upon this uh, much in the book uh which is where you know i mean i i talk about it in the podcast rather uh because it was uh, uh, more of a, it's in a way linked to what i have written in my book and it's 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 a part of my personal journey but i didn't put it in the book because it's more of a personal thing rather than an ideological uh, journey at such so so it uh, when i was getting frustrated in network 18 uh, you know uh, like uh, yeah so so the background is that that uh, you know uh, once modi won and i think within 3 or 4 months network 18 was acquired by reliance and uh, yeah for everyone else it was like okay evil modi using reliance to capture media which obviously was bullshit you know i mean <laughs> reliance already had a lot of influence lot of control Uh, through indirect uh, funding uh, in fact even direct funding but uh, on network 18 and and the same media guys would say that uh, reliance uh, ambani to kehta hai ki mere ek ek packet ek pocket mein congress hai aur ek pocket mein bjp so if somebody is already controlling everything why would he want uh, one media organization uh, you know so 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 i, I think even you would agree that that was uh just a narrative building process ki uh, reliance ne acquire kar liya to ye media pe hamla hai it was it was a vanity buying to be honest by reliance i mean like they they uh, gave some money uh, to the conglomerate they could not use it i mean they could not return it so they had a right and they exercised it uh, it's like buying arjun tendulkar <laughs> <laughs> okay i i i have been a little bit uh, out of touch with cricket in the last one and a half years but i would uh, uh, i mean i'll uh, uh, take your wisdom for it and might be something like that only so so uh, so right so once uh, reliance came into the picture uh, obviously they had much bigger issue to solve uh, initially i mean every merger and acquisition is uh, messy uh, so entire top management was gone and you know whether they have to continue with uh, the partnership with cnn and those things were be, uh, those decisions were being taken and it the decision making was painfully slow maybe reliance didn't bother i mean it was it, 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 uh, you know keeping the entire media group uh, running just like that was loose change for them they were not in a hurry but for someone like me every passing week uh, every passing month i was getting frustrated that nothing is happening now whether it was due to the top management being busy with uh, merger and acquisition process or whether i was given a goli jahan ki wo unko invest nahi karna fir bhi mere ko keh diya nahi abhi naye boss aayenge ye hoga tab koi naya investment decision liya jayega Uh, so but i was getting frustrated uh, fake news was not being invested upon into and khali dimag shaitan ka ghar so <laughs> i i thought that okay what what else could be there now i couldn't have started something uh, while being a network em- 18 employee but i could have thought about what what else what other products could be and it, it actually was started by my brother who is uh, you know after after very few months of starting is no more at all involved in it uh so so original idea of op india was actually to be the way first post was when it began you know conversational and and not uh, and not uh, afraid to take uh, stance 
however right from the beginning it was very we were very clear that while first post even though it was branded as sanghi something which i have written in my book it, it used to carry all kind of uh, articles but well, right i didn't know the, i didn't know first post was ever considered to be sanghi man yeah yeah because because jaggi i mean that's that's enough you know because because <laughs> jaggi had a soft corner for modi and i think uh, before 2014 uh, you know he had written also an article on uh, why he considers him the right candidate for top job that was enough for uh, for uh, okay. first post to be branded sanghi obviously you know you uh, maybe you know you were in a circle which was saner <laughs> but you know i uh, me being in media and me uh, i uh, i i heard from many people right in 2013 14 itself that first post wo to sanghi hai uh so so you know that's that's the kind of levels they throw uh so so right you are you are absolutely right that in essence in practice in principle first post was never a sanghi it it used to carry all kind of articles uh however when when i thought of op india uh, and obviously my brother started it we had uh, a thought that while it will it, its character could be like first post was to start with we would have a decided ideological slant uh why we decided i don't know uh it could be because uh, we thought that uh, you know the other side is becoming more and more vocal so doing something similar uh, could help us uh so that's how it started then uh, obviously i had a job to do my my brother whom i am talking about he is a professor at i am udaipur he couldn't have run it full time so i got uh, these two guys from twitter uh, involved uh, boy blunder and uh, uh bhaksala i mean he runs rahul raj and uh, then uh, because of boy blunder he he started a weekly or a monthly thing called media lies so so we in a way morphed into a media watchdog kind of a thing we would uh, poke holes into reports and uh, things of uh, of india uh, sorry of of the of the media and then uh you know slowly it start, started getting traction and we were acquired i mean we got into Uh, uh understanding uh, i mean we were taken over by swaraja in a non cash deal in a equity swap kind of a thing even though we hadn't corporatized up india now uh, and and that's when i left network 18 and after that obviously everything is in the public domain how it's happened now your question is who are the evil capitalist funding obviously initially the evil capitalist were the swaraji guys <laughs> because they took it over while it was being run by just run part time by three guys uh however we split with swaraj because uh, together we tried to raise certain amount of funds uh, which uh, which could uh, help both swaraj and op india grow together but we fell short of uh, those uh, you know that target uh, now either both the brands would have curtailed on their original ambitions or one of, only one of the brands could have curtailed uh, their ambitions so op india could have just continued you know on a very small scale uh so that's where one uh, a couple of evil capitalists uh, come into picture now i i cannot name them uh, <laughs> you know because because they um, I, i mean they are they are delhi based uh, people uh and they put in some money that okay if if this is this is the kind of uh, shortfall uh, that you guys jointly had uh with swarajya uh, and we like op india then we can put in that money now now initially the idea was that it it would be put in the original uh, company holding company only i mean which is the kovai media which owns swarajya but then uh, uh the you know investment round was just closed 
now now you obviously would understand that if if a round has just been closed and after a week or two somebody new guy comes and he says that okay i am also putting in this money for this brand a fresh round of uh, uh, equity dilution it becomes a little messy uh you know like people those who have just put in money they they got some shares and you suddenly within a month or two you say that no now now your shares are already diluted because this guy has come so those issues uh, uh, uh cropped up and we split uh, you know so so this new uh, uh, little bit of money uh, which was coming we, it came uh, uh, entirely for us and we made a separate company and uh, that's the seed money that we got Uh, so this was somewhere in late 2018 now that seed money lasted for uh, around a year and to be i mean we were really fortunate that uh, almost around the same you have? sorry in, in how many employees roughly did you have yeah, at, that, at point? that point of time we hardly had uh, uh, nine nine to 10 guys uh so 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 that 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 kept us you know we didn't need um, uh, a lot of money so so that seed uh, amount uh, could could help us uh, sustain for a year uh, more than a year and then uh, you know uh, while uh, we said we told them that okay we want to expand we start we want to start hindi and okay then they the second um, second round of funding came from the same evil capitalists <laughs> but after that uh, you know once once we grew into 2022 uh, member team hindi and english both for the last more than one year i mean we have been completely self sustainable we haven't uh, we we don't need uh, you know uh, our funders to uh, pump in money uh, dilute more equity and stuff like that so okay so let me yeah. stop you here so when you say you're being self sustaining yeah. how do you make your revenue do you take advertisements or is it only user user contributions and whatever volunteer both almost almost 75 to 80% is uh, you know, i mean it, it uh, fluctuates uh, between months so uh, between 75 to 80% is by user payments you know and and it's a uh, it's we, we were the first one to do it you know what we called a uh, say an invisible play, uh, paywall in a way you know that that even though our all our all content is free uh, and we we are a private limited company so we cannot ask for donation so we we would we would we ask people that okay i mean even though everything is free you you imagine that if you were to be paying for the content how much you would uh, pay us and uh, i was not actually very confident that it might work but it worked brilliantly and we have been uh, able to sustain ourselves uh, uh, through that way i mean it, it all is booked as revenues in our books we pay gst which obviously a little bit hurts us because a magazine doesn't have to a newspaper doesn't have to pay gst whatever you know they earn uh, it's it's booked as a revenues hamara to jaise hi paisa aata hai 18% hame to pehle gst dena padta hai so 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 yeah so and obviously uh, the google ads are there the, the facebook instant articles are there which the liberals keep on trying to you know demonetize us from there with google they had a successful uh, uh, you know kind of uh, one month or two month kind of a duration when they could actually demonetize us uh, but we got so what uh, do you mean by demonetize us because the so, word so demonetization is very has a very significant impact yeah, on on google's platform. yeah so so they had disabled our uh, adsense account uh, you know so 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 uh, so we uh, nailed google that okay tell tell us exactly where do you think our articles 
you know kind of uh, violate your advertising friendly guidelines you know so so they have this uh, uh, ad- uh, i think uh, with you 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 are in a wordpress uh, setup but I- i'm sure you know how uh, google monetization yeah, right. works yes, right? yeah of course i know yeah. but yeah. but 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 this but this google pulling you off happened for what triggered this yeah so so a lot many people would have uh, you know send them uh, mails that's how the liberal thing works obviously google never officially accepted it they said they they kept on saying that you know it's the algorithm algorithm that's that's their standard thing right, i mean but, I, i follow people from uh, from both yeah. the ilt right i mean uh, once every few months uh, at least i see uh, people saying okay uh, they'll probably rt or quote tweet uh, or even better they'll, they'll they'll screenshot one of uh, op india's articles right. please report this please report this ha 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 so so it, it it has to be mass reporting obviously google never officially accepted that they uh, that it was a result of mass reporting uh, but even after mass reporting we told them that okay give 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 me 10 url links where you think our uh, articles violated your advertising friendly rules they kept on stonewalling that thing and at the end of the day they came up all with all links where the user comments uh, had something hateful now that obviously i would i would agree and i would concede that you know that's something that we were not uh, mo- uh, moderating and it was on discuss and you all know i mean arnab you know uh, we we come from the generation of reddif comments so <laughs> so <laughs> these days obviously i mean uh, comments can can be anything uh, you know and they can violate everything in the world so so this is this is the best google could come up with and uh, since we were not such a thriving comments community we did away with uh, you know comments so if if you actually um, you know anyone who had been have been following up india would know that say 6 7 months uh, earlier there used to be a you know comment here kind of a button which is now gone right. so so we we decided that we are not going to uh, let google get away with any excuse i mean, I, i know that they have they have done it under uh, pressure uh, but when being nailed that's all they could come up with that it's the user comments where a lot of hateful uh, things are there and it's and we were not the first uh, uh, outlet to be penalized for user comments uh, i think in 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 us or in uk i think in us uh, there is this website called the federalist uh, they had also demonetized them uh saying that uh, the user comments are hateful i don't know what the federalist did but we decided that okay we are not going to you know get into too much of to and fro and uh, ag- uh, you know passive aggressive with and, google and and, yeah. and so google reinstated your right after, after right after we did away with the user comments uh, they reinstated us at the same time we have taken a conscious decision that one two or three of the articles where say even an arna break and find controversial <laughs> we we don't put google ads on those articles at all you know so because our mainstay anyway is people paying not not google paying us so consciously we you know wherever we think we are pushing the boundaries we don't put the ads or we we have asked google that okay these particular articles you can demonetize we don't uh, uh, we are not uh, much bothered but you cannot demonetize the entire website so so that's how it is Uh, but yeah 75 to 80% uh, in in good months uh, it's 80% when it's it's people who pay us and uh, that's how we have been sustaining um, now course. obviously the rahul, next you left out help rahul sorry 
help rahul <laughs> <laughs> no 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 so that's that's a joke and actually people still end up sending <laughs> one or two rupees in uh, not daily obviously uh, but uh, yeah anything if, if anything substantial comes either i ambani uh, has never sent any money through that <laughs> i return it or yeah on, on my birthday some came so i very selfishly kept it that okay maybe it's my birthday gift so but no help rahul is not where i, I seek any yeah, so they, again when i when i said evil capitalist my entire thing was kind of scoped on which which end of the narendra modi stadium is is the capitalist <laughs> <laughs> so um, no but, yeah. no no neither end neither end that so, i can assure you <laughs> so that's so that's interesting to know so again mm-hmm. i've i've always been interested in this whole notion of um essentially user contributions but just you know i i see news laundry which i guess also started as something of a media critique side but right, of course right. in, in but one of the things which i think we, news laundry does and is this something which op india wants to do is to do some kind of ground reporting most of right, it right. is commenting right it's exactly. mostly news commentary right. uh, for instance now news laundry is they've sent uh, manisha has mm. gone to bengal and 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 mm. they are covering the elections on the ground so right. is there any plan for op india to do something similar yeah yeah sure sure that's that's where obviously uh, we are we are looking at uh, you know partnering with people or even even if it means we finally after 2 years we might have to ask our funders ki chalo ek round aur dal do ya jo bhi hoga now now we do want to do it we don't want to dilute what we already are doing no matter how controversial or whatever we might look like uh, but there are these things which are valuable uh, that we definitely want to do ground uh, reporting is one of those uh, maybe coming up with more variety of content maybe coming even coming up with a sister brand who knows if if we can get that many resources uh, but ground reporting is yeah one thing that we we do value uh, and uh, we cannot ignore it at all a little bit of it is already happening in uh, bengal election nupur did go to nandigram and she wrote uh, you know what what uh, she thinks might happen over there and then we have partnered with uh, you know one small uh, uh, media startup only uh, and with them we would uh, try to bring some ground reports uh, but in future yeah we want to make it a regular feature you know if uh, uh, and and uh, that's where i'm trying uh, to figure out Uh, because ground reporting is obviously expensive job uh, so uh, how, how we cover it i mean that business aspect obviously that's my headache and i'm trying to solve and so is, is nitin still no. uh, affiliated with op india i don't sorry know who and, and nitin rivaldo nitin gupta no he was never affiliated or uh, I, i mean he did a couple of uh, very videos. popular videos uh, yeah. on uh, rafale and you know those things exactly, yeah. uh so so he is a well wisher obviously he is a good friend of mine uh, but he is not uh, affiliated to op india as such okay. we might partner again he doesn't uh, obviously charge for his appearances or anything uh, i along with him work on the scripts and he sh- i mean because he has very good screen presence and very good uh, way of delivering uh, so that works and obviously he has his own audience uh, which he can bring so so we partner with that i mean it's 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 actually even non commercial he doesn't take money for that he is so probably the only coat and coat right cleaning uh, comedian right yeah in a way you can say that right so here's here's a question that everybody has about op india so i'll just mm-hmm. bring it out since it's no holds barred so the the what people no so hint they say it 
is that mm. you're affiliated with the BJP, that you're essentially mm. and mm. you know a, a web presence of the BJP, um, mm. or or if not BJP, then at least specific sections of the BJP. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you react to that? You know, I'm sure you've heard this. So what's right, your response right. to yeah. that? No, first, first of all, uh, subjective criticism, I have become immune to right from the faking news days after spending so many years on uh, Twitter and on internet. So many things don't bother me. Uh, whether it's valid or not, I would not even get into that. I mean, it's obviously true that because we took a stand that we are not ideologically neutral. Uh, It's obvious that we would be in favor of uh, BJP because at least this is the party that uh, that at least, uh, how to put it, you know, maybe uh, is is, uh, pays lip service to the ideology that we say, you know, whether or not, I mean, many half of the times BJP supporters themselves are, uh, you know, kind of attacking BJP of not doing enough. So, so, so it's obvious that once we took that stand, and and if tomorrow say if, if somebody in Congress says that okay Hindutva is good, we would be more than happy to help that person. <laughs> so, so our primary uh, commitment obviously is to the ideology, and uh, and it's it's only one party that talks about that ideology. So, so we would be obviously close to that party in that sense. So for its particular sections of the BJP, those are, uh, you know, obviously those are grapevines and rumors. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a kind of perception that I cannot keep on fighting. You know, I mean, like uh, that's that's not really true. Whoever, I mean, uh, your personal equations or uh, things, uh, uh, they work in myriad manners. You know, I mean, like uh, as I, as I uh, said, if, even if somebody from Congress wants to have good, good relationship uh, with us, and uh, they don't treat uh, Hindu Hindutva as an enemy. We are more than happy to even be close to them. Why not? So, but but uh, yeah. So that, that that would it would be half half of it is obviously uh, just made up things. Uh, but half of it obviously is truth because we we right from the beginning we said we are not neutral. So we obviously would lean one way. Thanks a lot for being on the show, Rahul. It was great talking to you. This was a lovely discussion. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, it's it's, it's great. And everybody, the the, the book is out. It's available everywhere, right? At this point of time, online as well as in print. Right, right, right. Yeah, currently uh, in print, obviously, I mean, the physical copies are only being delivered in India uh, by Amazon and uh, I think even by others. Uh, but yeah, online it's in almost every market. I mean, the Kindle version, and uh, yeah, initial response has been good, and it's uh, it's good to be you know talking about it, being invited to such shows. So thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for thanks a lot for coming. So everybody, once again, the book is Sanghi who never went to a shaka by Rahul Roshan. So thanks a lot for everybody for joining, and I'll let Vikram Mohan sign us out. So uh, that's our podcast for today. And uh, again, Rahul, from my end also, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We do hope that you join us again because I think there's still a lot to be discussed with you on uh, this end of the spectrum. And uh, of course, to our listeners, you can find Rahul's book uh, on uh, Amazon and many other places where books are sold. We will have a link to the book on the show notes right there. And there's, of course, Op India too for news analysis and opinion available in English and Hindi. Uh, currently, I'm 18% into the book. That's what Kindle tells me. And uh, so far, it's been really re- resonating with me. And uh, helping it is, uh, is also the fact that I grew up in Bihar. 
a present day oh, okay. jharkhand in the 80s as well so mm-hmm. it did bring up a lot of memories for me uh so i i recommend it highly if you agree with rahul's thoughts and very highly recommend it if you disagree with him vehemently so that just you can see where he is coming from and uh, that's all for now india's let's go